If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom, a savior, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you've been walking the same old road, for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice Tell the same old lie If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you've got faith He's a pain taker He's a way maker. If you need freedom, I'll save it. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way. He's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the old, old holes inside. There's a better life. There's a better life. If you got faith, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains. He's a chain breaker. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. If you believe it, if you receive it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. Oh. If you need freedom, if you need freedom, I'll stay. 
have experienced in some way in our life the chains falling off of us chains of sin chains of discouragement chains of frustration amen and we're so thankful I know you're thankful today for what God's done in your life I know you're thankful today for what God's done in your life amen 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 you may be seated in the presence of the Lord every one of us have experienced the freedom of the Lord in our life and the Bible said let the redeemed of the Lord say so let the redeemed of the Lord say so see I, I, I'm a firm believer it we ought to make some noise when we come to church I mean I, I just I think we ought to make some noise and uh, I, I'm not a sports fan uh, I'm not an athlete I, I was always the fat pudgy little boy that was left on the bench and uh, they, they put me in only when they needed a fifth player uh, just to stand I never got the ball passed to me uh, just I, I couldn't even make girls volleyball team uh, just never was an athlete but but it, it amazes me uh, how that that people can get so excited so excited so excited over a football or a basketball. I, I'm not faulting you today, I, or a soccer ball or a baseball, or I, I get excited about a golf ball. I think because you don't really have to be an athlete to play golf. Just write somebody's name on the ball, take out your frustrations, whatever. But I, I just, I, it's exciting and, and uh, amazing to me that how exciting people get uh, about a ball. And I, I mean, they, they will paint their face. They will buy $150 jerseys. Now, again, I'm not faulting anybody, okay? I, I'm not faulting. I'm just, I'm just talking a moment. And, and make some noise. I mean, I've, I've never been, the only professional sporting event I've ever been to was a rodeo. Pretty awesome, isn't it? A rodeo. Uh, but it, it's amazing that, that people will yell and scream and, and do it. Enjoy yourself. And yet, when we come to church, we play quiet as a mouse. And yet, we've experienced the greatest freedom. The greatest freedom. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock. He established my going. I think it's time the church makes a little noise. 
I think it's time that the church gets excited about what God has done in my life. Amen. He picked me up. He turned me around. He set my feet on solid ground. Amen. The Bible tells us to remember the pit from which we were digged. Why? Because if you can remember where you were when he found you, you're going to get excited about where you are now. You're going to get excited about where you are now. Amen. And, and I just, I'm going to preach about that today. I'm going to preach about it's time for the church to make a little noise. Time for the church to make a little noise. In Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the believers on the day of Pentecost, it was a remarkable, remarkable event. It was the transition into the kingdom of God, the, the, from the natural into the spiritual kingdom of God. And some very exciting things happened that day. People began to speak with other tongues. And now, what the scripture means by other tongues is it, they begin to speak in other languages. And we understand this because the Bible tells us that there was many nationalities that were gathered in the city of Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost. The Feast of Pentecost was also called the Feast of the First Fruits. It was, it was a time when uh, they were bringing in the first harvest. They were bringing in the, the crops out of the field. And it was a time of celebration. It was a time of making merry, thanking God for the provision that he had given them. And so there was a lot of people. This is 50 days after the Passover was celebrated. And so there were a lot of people from, from all nations of the world that were gathered here to celebrate Pentecost. And so when the Bible said they began to speak with other tongues, they were speaking in languages that they had not learned. But as the Spirit gave the utterance, they began to speak in, in these other languages and, and people began to hear them and they marveled. The Bible said they marveled at them because they said, are not these Galileans? How hear we speak them in our own languages? How do we, how, how is it these, these are, are fishermen? These, these are, are people that, that are not bilingual, but they're speaking in this these languages and people begin to understand because when they were speaking in these other tongues they were speaking the works of God the glories of God and so it began to speak into the hearts and the Bible said when this was noised abroad when this was somebody say noised when this was noised abroad what well, it was before Facebook It was before TV commercials, Twitter, but it began to be noised abroad. People began to talk about what was going on down at the temple. They, they began to convey, it was before telephones. Hey, there was a day before telephones. Some of you just, I mean, if you got 20 minutes without the internet, you know, you ever see those pictures of those cabins in the mountain, those remote locations, and they say, if you'll give up the Internet and your cell phone for 30 days, you can live here free. And I'm like, where do you sign up? 
But most people are like, no, nah, man, there's no way I could do that. It would just, it, it, you know, I mean, just five minutes with the cell phone signal down is, is messed up. I mean, if Grandi goes off, it's like all hell is broke loose. But before all of that, it was noised abroad. People began to talk about what was going on down at the temple. They began to speak about what was happening because it was so marvelous. It was so fantastic. It was, it was just amazing display. And the Bible said that they, they came out of, of the room that they were in and people began to look at them and they began to say, these men are drunk. These men are intoxicated. Peter standing in the midst of them said, we're not drunk as you suppose. Seeing this is but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And this was the inception of the church, and it began that day when it was noised abroad. Now Jesus would say things like this. When the Son of Man is lifted up, He will draw all men unto Him. When He's lifted up. Now, there's, there's two analogies that we can look at when we look at this Scripture. First of all, we can look at the fact that He was, he was lifted up on the cross. And truly, this, this is one uh, area that the scripture is dealing with when he would lift he would be lifted up when he would offer his life on the cross as a sacrifice then it would open the door for all men to be drawn in to him but there's another aspect of this scripture that needs to be talked about because there the bible is is replete and it's full of scriptures talking about that the people of god need to make some noise the Bible tells us things like this, that we need to lift up our voice like a trumpet. It, it says that we need to shout with the voice of triumph. And it definitely says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. It says that everybody ought to praise Him. Praise Him with the cymbal and praise Him with the dance and praise Him with the organ and stringed instruments and, and the drums that we need to praise Him. And then He closes Psalms 150 with let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. So what is He talking about? He's talking about that we as believers need to be noisemakers. Clap your hands all you people. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We hadn't talked about it in a while, but I want to tell you today, the power of praise opens the door to the miraculous. When we open our voices, our mouths, and we lift our voices and begin to speak the wondrous works of God. In fact, the Bible tells us that we need to speak the wondrous works one to another. 
We need to talk about what God's done in your life. Somebody coming in uh, church today said, Pastor, I just want to thank the Lord because Wednesday I was almost in an accident. And I don't know how I even got out of that accident. But God, I want to tell somebody, but God, some of us today don't even know what God kept us from this week. But God... Some of us could have been in a devastating situation, but God stepped in, and we don't even know about it. But some of us do know what God kept us from, and therefore we ought to lift our voices and make a little noise in the church house today, the wondrous works of God. When I think of His blessings, how can I be quiet? How can I be silent? When I look at how God has blessed me, how can I be silent when I have a job that I shouldn't have? I'm in a position that I shouldn't be in. But God has elevated me. I want to talk about it today. But, but God has picked me up. And God placed me in a place that, that I really shouldn't be. Some of you are in jobs today you don't have the education for. And you don't have the experience for. But God opened a door for you and made a way. We ought to praise Him today. We ought to make a little noise. And all of us today could pause and, and reflect the fact that none of us would be saved if it wasn't for the Lord. Regardless of what you have or don't have, one thing you have today is eternal life flowing through your veins, and that ought to emanate a praise. That ought to cause us to open our mouths and thank God that He picked us up and He turned us around. Anybody have a saving praise today? Just thank God that He saved me. Thank God that he brought me out. Thank God that I'm not the person I used to be. I may not be where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. Could we just give him a praise for a moment? <clears throat> and so, I want to turn your attention for just a few moments to a portion of Scripture for your consideration found in the book of Jeremiah. Found in the book of Jeremiah I'm still consumed with last week's message about John the Baptist and how Jesus said that we piped and, and, and you did not dance and we, we, we mourned or played the flute and you did not mourn see what he's saying is there ought to be a response there ought to be a response I think church ought to be the place where the greatest response is given I said, I think church ought to be the place where the greatest response. Uh, go, ahead and, go ahead and shout for the team this afternoon you want to shout for. But before you do that, take a moment to open your heart and give God shouts of praise. See, I think we ought to get more excited about the eternal than we do the temporary. Enjoy what you want to enjoy. Experience what you want to experience. But ladies and gentlemen, i got to tell you once again, as a preacher of the gospel, this is the greatest thing that will ever happen in your life. I said, this is the greatest thing that will ever happen in your life. I'm not trying to hype you up today. I'm not trying to just get you excited. I'm trying to tell you what has happened through the gospel of Jesus Christ is the greatest thing that will ever happen in your life. Get all the money you can get, but don't forget your soul is right with God, and that's worth more than all the wealth of the world. 
For Jesus would say, what is a man profited if he gained the whole world and lose his soul? The prophet, ladies and gentlemen, is knowing that your soul is right. That my relationship with Jesus is right. That I'm going to heaven one of these days. That I'm going to heaven one of these days. May not be today and it may not be next week or next month, but I'm going to heaven one of these days. And yes, I'm living in the temporal, but ladies and gentlemen, I have eternal life flowing through my veins. I'm going to heaven one of these days. Woo, hallelujah. And so for your consideration here today, I want to turn our attention to the book of Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah, in this 30th division, is... is telling Jacob that there, there is a time of trouble. There's, there's a time of, of, of just extreme tribulation that is, is coming upon Jacob. There, there is, how many understand there's a consequence for sin? See, see I, think, I, I think we live in a generation that wants to become very passive on sin. That just wants to say you can live any way you want to and, and God's just big loving grandpa in heaven that has a, a bumper sticker on his chariot that says, ask me about my kids. And it's allowed us to become very passive about sin. But I must remind you, ladies and gentlemen, that there is a consequence of sin. There's a consequence sometimes that we bear here because of our actions. I believe in the forgiving grace of God, and I believe that, that God saves us out of our sin because how sadistic would it be if God saved us and left us in our sin? But He saves us out of our sin. But sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, we deal with the lasting effects of sin because the Bible tells us that God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. So as a preacher of the gospel, week after week, I try to tell people and, and show people that, that what you're sowing in the ground of your life, uh, you're going to reap the harvest of. And it's difficult to convince people because they think that because of the grace of God and the forgiveness of God, that, that the wild oats that I sowed will never produce And yet, some of you, even today, are dealing with the consequences of decisions you made yesterday. And that's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. And the seed that you sow today will produce a harvest tomorrow. That's why pastor, week after week, and this church tries to get you to invest in the things that are eternal. Because the things that are eternal have greater consequences and, and they have more lasting value than the things that we're planning in this life. And I want you to be blessed. And, and God wants you to be blessed. But how many understand that God can never violate His own he can never violate his word. See, when Satan came to him and said, if you be who you say you are, if you be the Son of God, then command this stone to be turned into bread. 
And what was Jesus' response? It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. There's more to that statement than we often take a look at because what Jesus understood is that the word of God could never be violated. And to have bread, you had to put the right seed in the ground. You, he, he could take bread that was already given to him, bless it, and break it and multiply it, but he could not change the, the structure of a stone into a piece of bread because it would violate his word. And his word said that what is sown, there is a harvest. And so he would not violate his own word, ladies and gentlemen. And so what we sow we shall reap and so this is what he's saying here in in jeremiah he's saying what you're what you're getting ladies and gentlemen is you are receiving the harvest that you sow the trouble that you are receiving is in direct proportion to what you put in the ground the seed that you planted and and it would look like it was utterly hopeless and it would look like that there was no hope Except for, as you begin to read down through here, the Lord begins to speak to them, and he, he tells them, first of all, that what you're experiencing is, is as a result of your sin, and, and the, the pain and the bruising and the wound is grievous. And he says in verse 13, There is none to please thy call, plead thy cause, that thou mayest be bound up. Thou hast no healing medicines. All thy lovers have forsaken thee. They seek thee not, for I have wounded thee with a wound of an enemy, with the chastisement of a cruel one, for the multitude of thine iniquities, because thy sins were increased. Look at this. You're reaping what you sow. But it's not utterly hopeless. Look at what he says in verse number 17. Go back to verse 16. Therefore, all they that devoured thee shall be devoured. I'm keeping record of what happened and who did what to you. And I'm going to repay them for what they did to you, even though you were reaping the results of your own transgressions. And he said, they shall be devoured. And all thine adversaries, every one of them, shall go into captivity. And they that spoil thee shall be a spoil. And all that prey upon thee will I give for a prey. And in verse 17, For I will restore health unto thee. Ladies and gentlemen, I came not to preach a message of desperation, but to preach a message of hope. You've got to believe, ladies and gentlemen, if you can go through the pain and the consequences of the seed that's been sown in your life, there is a better day coming. I read in the Bible where it said there's a day coming when the day stars shall arise. You've got to have faith, ladies and gentlemen, if I can make it through the night weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning you may be wounded and have been wounded because of actions that you sowed in your life but I came to preach to somebody the Lord sent me here on a Sunday morning to tell you I will restore health to you can I borrow Joel for just a moment and he said I will restore the years 
year of the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm. I'm going to return what you lost back to you. And how many understands that he's a God of multiplication? When he brings something back, he always brings more than was taken from you. He's a God of multiplication. I came to preach to somebody on this Sunday morning. You may have lost a few years, but God said, I can restore in an instant the years that you've lost. You may have lost a business, but I came to tell you I've got greater things for you. He said, I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds. Some of you sitting here today, yes, we suffer the wounds of our own actions. I confessed to God in prayer last night. I said, God, I've, I've gotten myself into some really bad messes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I've gotten myself into some really bad situations. And how often I am quick to go to God as if he's a sugar daddy. To bail me out. And how many understand that he's a pretty benevolent God? Maybe we ought to take a moment and just give him a praise for the times that he's bailed us out that we didn't deserve to be bailed out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The times he's picked me up when, when I got myself in that mess and he should have left me in that mess, but he said, hey, hey, take my hand. Oh, I just feel like making a little noise this morning for a God that cares enough, even when I get myself in a mess, that he'll pick me up and he'll help me out and he'll bring me out. Somebody give him a bring me out praise. Somebody give him a bring me out praise. Oh, I thank you that you brought me out, Lord. And then how about the times that he brings you through? I, I, we really like to bring me out. But what about the times when he brings us through? And you're still up against it and every day is, is, is a new mountain. And every day is a new struggle. And every day you're wondering if you're going to make it through the day. But at the end of the day... You just got to stop and say, he, he brought me through another day. I, I want him to take and make that day a month so I'm out of it. But day by day, he loads me with benefits. And his benefits add no sorrow. He didn't bring me out today, but he brought me a little further through it. So I got to praise him for bringing me through some things. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Was grace that brought me safe this far. And grace is going to lead me home. Yea, though he... Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Man, how many days at the end of the day you've just seen a glimmer of light, but it's still more darkness than light. And so you got to praise Him for the bring me through. Bring me through. He didn't deliver me. He's developing me. But He said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to recover you of the wound. Some of you have carried wounds 
of, of relationships and you, you bear wounds of disappointments and you, you've got wounds of abuse and you, you've got wounds of somebody didn't do you right. You've got some wounds from family and you've got some wounds from friends and some of you even have some wounds from a church but I want to tell you today there's hope he said I will recover you of your wound see ladies and gentlemen one thing that we have to understand is our praise is not perfect some of us are waiting until our lives get perfect so we can give him a perfect praise but our praise is never going to be perfect because our praise is filtered through life. Our praise is filtered through sometimes insufficiencies. Our praise is filtered sometimes through abundance. Our praise is filtered through pain. Our praise is filtered through disappointment. So if you're waiting till your life gets perfect to give him a praise, you're never going to praise him. So you got to praise him in your circumstances. You got to praise him in your pain. You got to praise him through your wounds. I don't know who I came to preach to on this Sunday, but you got to praise him through a relationship breaking up. You got to pray. I feel like telling somebody today that you just got to go ahead and praise him. I don't feel like praising him, Pastor. I'm going through the hardest, darkest trial of my life. But ladies and gentlemen, you just got to throw your head back and open your mouth and say through my pain, through my disappointment, through my insufficiencies, through a breakup, through oh, a frustration, through confusion, God is still God. And I know that he's never left me, nor will he forsake me. See, you can't wait till your praise gets perfected. Praise is perfected through the pain that you carry and the struggle that you carry and the misery that you're going through. But you got to praise him anyway. Touch your neighbor and say, praise him anyway. Praise him through your pain. Praise him through your discontentment. Praise him when it's not convenient. Praise him when it costs you something. Praise him when they're talking bad about you. Praise him when they're talking good about you. The psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Some of you have got some disappointing news this week, but I tell you, you need to throw your head back and lift your hands and make some noise. Some of you have been disappointed in some people this week, but you need to go ahead and throw your head back and lift your hands and let praise somebody needs to make some noise in the house today somebody needs to lift your voice and make some noise because God is faithful God is a good God he will never leave you nor forsake you he's there all the time oh yeah oh yeah hallelujah 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 see it's easy to praise him for the healing but what about praising him while you're still sick it's easy to praise him when the check comes in the mail 
and the bills are paid. But what about when you're staring debt in the face and you don't know how you're going to come? What do you do when you're out of options? And you've lost more than you gained. Well, I'll praise him when it all comes back to me. No, ladies and gentlemen, we got to learn to praise him when we're wounded. We got to learn to praise him when we're sick. We got to learn to praise him when there's month left at the end of money. We got to praise him when we're going through the most difficult time of life. The devil would want you to silence your voice, but weeping may endure for a night. But while weeping endures, there's still a praise because God is a faithful God, because God is a good God. I've gone through a surgery that I didn't think I was going to have to go through but God is faithful I'm going through a financial crisis I didn't think I would have to go through but God is faithful I'm going through a disappointing career time in my life but I'm thankful I got a job I'm going through a difficult time in my relationship but I'm glad I've got somebody to walk with me through the difficult times of life ladies and gentlemen somebody needs to make some noise in the house you need to let God know that you're thankful that he kept you how about giving him a keep me praise that he kept me through the pain that he kept me through the struggle that he kept me through the time I didn't know how I was going to make it that he kept me when my finances was exhausted that he kept me through the most dark time of my life he said I will restore I will. Notice this. Notice this. He said, I will restore. But sometimes, I've got to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes, between the promise and the fulfillment. Some of you are carrying some promises today that God gave you a promise. And you've been holding on to a promise that God was going to do something in your life. But what do you do from the time he promises you to the time the promise is fulfilled? Abraham, I'm, I, Abram, I've got to change your name to Abraham. But I don't have any children. And the name Abraham means father of many nations. I don't have any offspring. Sometimes God will change your name to the prophetic. Sometimes God will prophesy things into your life that's going to take a while to come to pass. Abraham, leave your father and your mother and your houses and lands. And he gave him a promise that every place the sole of his foot should trod, it would belong to him. And then God walked out of his life. And for 14 years, he never heard another word from God. But you want to know what Abraham was doing every day he was walking. Sometimes you don't get a word for a long time, but you hold on to the word that he gave you and you just keep walking what are you doing Abraham I'm making some noise what are you doing Abraham I'm walking because God gave me a promise every place the sole of my foot would trod it's going to be mine I don't know when it's going to happen I don't know how it's going to happen but I'm going to make some noise during the process from the promise to the fulfillment I'm going to make a little bit of noise 
So he said, I will. Somebody said, I will. This is God speaking. He said, I will. I will restore. Some of you sit here today, you're still dealing with scars and wounds of your past. You're still dealing with struggles from teenager and childhood. But God gave a promise that I will. And you wish to God he'd hurry up. Hello. You would to God he'd hurry up. I mean, we, we want the prom, we want the word now. And, and, and when, with the snap of the finger, we want it to happen. But sometimes it seems that God gives us a word. And then he puts it on pause. The Bible said that he gave a space of grace. Sometimes with the promise, you get a space. And I think the reason that God does this is he wants to see what we're going to do during the space. How are you going to respond in the space? Ah, look at your neighbor and just say, what are you doing in the space? What are you doing in the space? Go ahead. Go ahead. Look at your neighbor and say, what are you doing in the space? What are you, what are you doing in the comma? What are you doing in the pause? How you make it? You might want to just ask him, are you doing okay in the space? You, you doing okay in the pause? Just, just want to check up on you. Just want, to, just want you to know that I'm, I'm believing with you. And, and I'm here with you during the space. I, I, God's going to do it. Look at your neighbor. Say, God's going to do it. Some of you need, to, you need to resurrect the dead promise that you buried behind a rock somewhere in your life. You need, to, you need to resurrect a dead promise. Uh, that promise God gave you a long time ago, and you buried it, and you're, you're holding it hostage, because, and your faith is weak. But you need to resurrect that today. And the, one of the ways you resurrect it is you get noisy about it. God said, God said he's going to do this. God said, I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know how, but God said he's going to do it. God said he's going to restore my health. God said he's going to restore my finances. God said he's going to restore the wheat and, and, and the vats of oil. God said he's Somebody look at somebody and just say, God said, I believe and I'm holding on to a promise. You may think I'm nothing, but ladies and gentlemen, if you could see what God has in store for me, if you could see where God, some of you got a great business now, but if you could see where God wants to take you, it would blow your mind. Some of you are doing really well right now, but if you could understand that I have not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart, I got to tell somebody today through the prophetic word of God that there are things that you cannot even imagine when God flings open the door, when God flings open the windows of heaven, you better get ready because the blessing of God is going to overtake you and you're not even prepared to handle it. Make a little noise, make a little noise, make a little noise, make a little noise. And so he said, I will. I got to hurry. Oh, God, I'm out of time. I'm over time already. But he said, I will restore. Verse 17, I will restore health unto thee. I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast. They called thee an outcast. Some people look at you and say, you'll never amount to anything. You're a failure. You're, you're a has-been. You're a nothing. You're a zero loser. In fact, you thought about getting a tat on your forehead, just a big L. They called you an outcast. They called you a loser. They called you a failure. You started a business and it didn't work out. And they called you, yeah. 
started another business and it went bankrupt and yeah, you, you never made you wasn't called to be a business person and yet I come to preach to somebody today that you have not seen what God has for you and he said I will do this they called you an outcast they called you a loser saying this is Zion and no man seeketh after Zion no one's looking after Zion but verse 18 thus saith the Lord somebody say thus saith the Lord thus saith the Lord Thus saith the Lord. See, when you got a word from God, you can look disappointment right in the face and say you might as well enjoy your time because there's a time coming when you're going to have to be evicted. Discouragement may be on your face today, but you need to look at that and say you're getting ready to get an eviction notice. Thus saith the Lord. Behold. I will bring again the captivity of Jacob's tent and have mercy on his dwelling places. And the city shall be built upon its own heap, the place of destruction. The place of destruction becomes the foundation. The place of disappointment becomes the foundation God I wish I could get through to some people today the, the place of discouragement some of you are, are, you're struggling right now to get through because the devil did steal some things from you you made some bad choices and you had to pay the consequences for it but I came to tell somebody because if I can build faith in your heart and if the gift of faith can be released into operation in this church, you will begin to understand. You'll start going back to visit the very place that was destroyed in your life because the very thing that was destroyed is going to become the foundation for a new building. The very thing that was destroyed is going to become the foundation for a new structure. He said, I will build it upon its own heap. And the palace shall remain after its own kind. And here's the verse that I wanted to get to for your hearing today. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. I said out of them shall proceed thanksgiving. I come to tell the church today, it's time to start making some noise. It's time to start making some noise I came to preach today that you we ought to quit waiting for the praise team to do their thing to get us to praise the Bible said enter into his gates with praise I came to preach the Bible said he harped or he he played the flute and couldn't get anybody to dance but I came to tell this church when you hear the flute it's time to dance when you hear the flute it's time to praise when you hear the music it's time to celebrate out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and listen and the voice of those who make merry I believe, as I bring this sermon to a close today, that the church, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about the church ought to be the most talked about thing in our life.
about your football stats. But when you're done talking about them, say, you know what? I just got to share with you what God did for me this week. When it was noised abroad, the mall, I can tell this church something. If we'll begin to talk about the works of God in our community, there won't be an empty seat in this chair, in this church. If we can begin to talk about what God's doing, I want to tell you where I was when he found me. No, I still got some faults and I still got some failures, but let me tell you where he's brought me from. Let me tell you what he's kept me from. If we would begin to let our voices be heard on the job, when somebody, they may look at you strange, but I want to tell you when you begin to tell and talk about the wondrous works of God, he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw if we can begin to talk about what God's doing in my let me tell you I may be going through cancer but God's helping me through the chemo I may have had to have surgery but God directed the scalpel of the doctor if we would begin to talk about the works of God I had a messed up relationship but I'm better now I had some wounds but I'm better now and we would begin to talk and voice the things of God and we would begin to make merry See, I think one of the things, and I, I got to close. Come on, Brother Jeremy. I got to close. But, but I think one of the things that we fail to do is we're waiting until the total miracle happens. We're waiting till the total miracle happens before we open our mouth. The Lord sent this preacher on Sunday morning to tell you, you ought to start talking about what God's done for you. You, 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 you ought to, when you get, when you get around people, you ought to tell them, I, I want to tell you that, that, I, that God opened this door for me. I, I want you to know I, I, I didn't have the talent or the ability to do this, but God made a way for me, and, and he's blessed me as a result of it. And, and you begin to talk about, you begin to make merry, you begin to celebrate. Don't wait till the battle's over. Shout now. Don't wait for the rainbow. Dance in the rain. Ha! I got to tell somebody it's time that the church begins to make a little noise. Touch your neighbor and say, make some noise, 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 make some noise. Hey, hey, I got to tell you, I'm not all the way out of it. I'm not all the way out of it. I'm not all the way through this thing. But if you can see how far God's brought me already. If you can see how far God's brought me already, I just got to make a little noise. I just got to testify. Oh, how fitting it was to sing the song today. I got to testify a little bit. Just got to open my mouth and testify a little bit. I got to take a praise break right in the middle of the timeout. They thought I was celebrating the football team, but I was celebrating Jesus. It's time us to make some noise. Let me, let me close real quick. Let me close. Real quick. He said, out of them shall proceed thanksgiving the voice of them who make merry. And notice what he says. As a result of this, he said, I will multiply them. You say, Pastor, it's as simple as us opening our mouth. That's what I'm trying to tell you today. If we would get noisy. See, I think the church is too quiet. That's why the community don't even know we're here. We're too quiet. Well, I just, oh, thank you, Jesus, for helping me this week. And I give you praise.
glory. Go, Cowboys! I'm sorry. Shout for the boys and the girls or whoever it is you can shout. Shout. But if we'll begin to talk about the greatest thing we have in our life, and that's the saving grace of Jesus Christ, he said, when you begin to get noisy, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to multiply. And, and you'll not be few. I'm going to multiply. Notice when he closes with it. He said, I will multiply them, and they shall not be few. And I will also glorify them. And that word glorify means he will lift you. He will lift you. He will lift you. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. God's getting ready to lift some of you. I, I would to God you could get a hold of this with faith today. I would to God you could get a hold of this prophetic word today. I know it looks bad. I know it looks grim. But he said, if you'll make merry, I will glorify you. I will put you in positions that you don't deserve. I will put you in places with people. I, I, I'm amazed at what God has done in my life here in Midland, Texas. I associate with people that in a perfect world, I would never be in their life. But God has elevated me and he's put me in positions and places with people of, of means. I just got to tell you, it's not me. It's God. And when God glorifies you, ladies and gentlemen, you may think your boss is out to get you and he may well be but I came to tell you if you'll stay faithful and you'll open your mouth and you'll make some noise gotta give you your boss's job gotta give you a oh ladies and gentlemen he said I will glorify you I will glorify you and he said and they shall not be small their children also shall be as they were before and their congregation shall be established before me and notice he said I will punish all that oppress thee 